This is an Our Community podcast aimed at bringing you expert commentary about the big issues facing not-for-profit groups in Australia. In this episode, our Community Executive Director, Kathy Richardson, speaks with US data scientist Andrew Means about how not-for-profit groups can harness the opportunities of data while avoiding the risks. While some of the biggest companies in the world, including Google and Facebook, are harvesting vast quantities of your information for profit, the not-for-profit sector is yet to realise the full potential of the new data tools at its disposal. Andrew, welcome to Australia. Where should not-for-profits at this point in, um, in history be sitting in relation to that fear, resignation, excitement um, continuum? Yeah, I think many organisations are going to naturally find themselves on the fear kind of side of that. This is an entirely new skill. This is an entirely new thing for nonprofits to wrestle with. And many of the people that are running these organizations in particular never kind of grew up with these skills, didn't join the nonprofit sector because they were interested in data or technology. They began as social workers. They began as um, you know youth workers or whatever it might be. They, they kind of came up through the practice of whatever their organization does, typically. They don't actually have a background in statistics or technology or things like that. So it's, things that feel foreign are going to feel a little bit threatening, I think, in the beginning. And so I think many organizations are feeling like this is a foreign new thing for them to wrestle with. And there's a little bit of fear there. What I'm excited about, though, is that there's more and more organizations that are seeing the possibilities of this, that are seeing how uh, data and technology isn't just this trendy new thing, but can actually help them do the job that they want to do better. They can actually, when they see it actually play out in people's lives, the people that they're serving, the people that they're working with, um, as they see how it can actually benefit them, they get more and more excited. And I think that's, that's the place that we're at right now, is that I think there's a lot of people that have some fear and trepidation. I think some of the early adopters are starting to see results now and getting more excited. And I think that excitement's building across the sector. You mentioned there that a lot of the people in the not-for-profit sector, probably most of the people in the not-for-profit sector, aren't data scientists. So, you know, they come from backgrounds of helping people, not sort of working with numbers. With that in mind, who should do the data in a, in a you know, small to medium not-for-profit organisation? Is that something you need to buy in? So I think, in some sense, everyone should do the data, right? Like, it's everyone's job um, to think about how, uh, critically about the work that they're doing, um, and see themselves in the part of the kind of data plan, let's say, of an organization. I was just in Toronto a couple weeks ago, and the, one of the speakers there was talking about how literally when they hire youth workers, this is an organization that works in the out-of-school time space, literally when they hire youth workers, they talk about the importance of the data that they're collecting um, and how they can use it and how they're going to get it back to help them do their job better. And so kind of integrating that into the culture, I think, is important and saying, yes, to some extent, it's everyone's job. Yet, there are times where we need some expertise and need somebody to lead that charge, lead, need someone to lead that kind of movement inside an organization. And that's where so I've seen some organizations go to outside people. That can sometimes be beneficial for like one-off, discrete projects. But if you really want to create culture change, if you really want to change the way that your organization works and does its business, you need to have that kind of investment internally. And that person isn't always, though, a technologist or even a data scientist. It's someone, I think, who understands the work that the organization is doing and how data and technology can be used to help them do that work. It's not necessarily the same person that um, could sit behind a computer and write out a machine learning algorithm. It's the, it's the kind of person that can 
connect data and technology to the work, and then go out and find the right resources um, to get that work done. That's actually the most challenging person to find. Is It's why everyone should have some sort of data literacy inside organizations, but being able to actually do the data science itself isn't something that everyone needs to have. Um, but it's helpful to have a champion who can drive this, uh, this work forward inside an organization. Does that need to be driven from the top, do you think? So if the CEO is not on board or if the board is um, skeptical, can, can this work still happen? Can that happen within the, the staff group or the volunteers? So this is an area where I think you need both executive board level buy-in and practitioner level buy-in because it can either one can thwart the efforts of the other. So if you only have board level buy-in or executive level buy-in, but your staff's not bought in, they're not actually going to do the work that's necessary to become data-driven. And if your staff is super excited, if you're within a nonprofit organization and you're super excited about these things, but your executives or your board isn't interested, you can only get so far. This is something that, that requires really um, all levels of the organization buying in to get the most traction. Um, because if you're, if you're trying to do this, because oftentimes data work is about breaking down silos across an organization. It influences things like strategy and how you think about yourself. It influences all these things that are really typically executive level um, efforts. And so if you're kind of working within an organization and you don't have that kind of executive level buy-in, you're only going to get so far. Um, you really need kind of both executives to be bought in and the, the practitioners on the ground to be bought in. Hmm. I've spoken to a lot of funders and not-for-profits about this move to evidence-based funding or evidence-based practice, um, and particularly the role that data plays in that. And I've, I've come across people from both ends of the continuum. So you've got people who think that it's the panacea for everything, and then at the other end you've got people who say, nah, it's snake oil, there's nothing that we can learn about what we're doing, we're dealing with people, you can't attach numbers to people. Where do you think we should be sitting in that um, continuum? Is it a continuum? Yeah, there's absolutely a continuum there. There's people that do see this as a panacea, that data is going to solve everything, that technology is going to solve everything. And that's just not true. Data and technology are tools, just like any other tool that we have. We need to learn how to deploy those tools well. But those tools also have limits, things that they cannot do. Um, and so we need to, to be realistic about that um, and realize that data is very good in some areas and not going to do a great job in others. I mean, like one example I oftentimes give is like, Data does really well when you have lots of examples to learn from. But in areas where you don't have lots of examples, let's say high net worth giving in a particular organization um, or major gift donors, um, it's going to be really hard for data to help them do their job better. But if you're working with like lots of small donors, data can absolutely help you do your job better. So this is where we have to, to recognize that it's not a panacea. It's not going to change everything. I do think it can bring about some fundamental shifts in the sector, in particular areas of the sector. Um, and I, th I do think it's going to create some dramatic changes, but it's not the panacea that's going to solve every problem we've ever had. On the other end, it's not snake oil all the time. There is snake oil out there. There's absolutely people going around selling proprietary algorithms and expensive pieces of technology that actually don't do anything, um, claiming to, to help you become a big data or data-driven organization. Uh, so there's definitely a snake oil out there. But that doesn't mean like the underlying methods and tools are snake oil. It just means that you encountered a snake oil salesman. And what they do is they sell snake oil. And so we, we have to, to have some sort of middle ground. And this is, again, why data literacy is so important. It, you have to be somebody who's data literate to know what's snake oil and what's a pan, unrealistic panacea. Like, that's what's hard right now. That's what's hard for, and why I think many organizations fall into one of those two traps, is that they, um, 
because they're not super literate on the subject, because uh, it's new and for a whole variety of reasons, they it's easy to fall and to pray to either one of those camps where you think, oh, this thing that I don't understand is going to solve all my problems. It's going to be great because I love technology and data. It's, oh, it's going to be great. Or you're going to fall into the camp of like, ah, that stuff is just the new, you know, hot topic. Everyone's talking about it. It's nothing's going to come from it. And so it's, it, when you're not data literate, it's easy to fall into one of those two camps. And that's why data literacy, I think, is so important. Data literacy or data illiteracy might be the you know one of the big challenges in the sector in the next few years. If you were involved in a small not-for-profit um, who wanted to you know get get ahead of the pack in this regard, where would you start? How what do you do? Do you start reading stuff? What do you do? So this is one of the nice things um, is that there's a lot of great free resources online. So there's groups like Coursera. Um, which offers free online courses from some major universities around the world. Um, they have fantastic data analysis um, courses and certificates and all sorts of stuff um, where you can begin to think about these things. Uh, so, so there's tons of great resources online for, uh, for taking online classes about this. There's even good courses, good places to go online to like learn how to code. Like, learning how to code is beneficial not because you suddenly know how to code, but because it teaches you to think about things in a certain way. Like coders, developers think about things in certain ways that can be beneficial sometimes for when you're wrestling with evidence and data in an organization. So there's all these kind of resources online for this kind of world. So that's a place to begin. There's also, um, if you wanted to grow from that or graduate from that to the next thing, there are boot camps and things like that of varying quality, but there are some good ones out there where you can go spend three months in an intensive program and learn uh, a ton of new skills um, and grow the skills that you already have. So there's, there's ways of getting out there and doing that. Uh, but I, I think th the biggest thing I would say is it's really about becoming like a scientific thinker in some ways. And there's some great literature and books out there on how to do that. I mean, um, even, even ones on the topic of big data, like Nate Silver's book, um, or uh, if you want to expand to more like behavioral science and things like that, which there's some inter interesting intersections with decision science and, and data science. You can look at Daniel, Daniel Kahneman's uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Like if you begin to immerse yourself in that kind of literature, you're going to begin thinking differently. And that's the biggest, uh, biggest opportunity in, in, I think, culture change um, that we can have in our organizations is to be thinking in a more evidence-based way, to be taking science into our everyday decision making. Uh, would be hugely beneficial. And that will inevitably, I think, uh, lead you down the road to use data more. I think we could all use a bit more science in our lives, so <laughs> I think we'll finish there. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by our community, where not-for-profits go for help. Visit www.ourcommunity.com.au.